Hi, my name's Baz. I'm mostly drunk. Hmm. I'm mostly drunk. Grossly yeah. <laughs> monk. Started when I was 15. A late starter, some would say. <laughs> Early others would say. I was good going. I was in docks now when I was 16. Wasn't mad. Termites. Termites. I lost my... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a British passport. I lost it in docks and I've never bothered to reapply. Well, there's no point now where he is there. What if I want to get into America? Trump's oh, yeah, not going to let... Trump and Farage buddies little passport, <laughs> yeah. passport deal. Yeah. He invited the Taoiseach over already. Bosom buddies. Did he? Who? Yeah. Trump? Mm-hmm. Yeah, only because... Um, <laughs> He's sucked up to K is before M in the alphabet, so like, the British newspapers are giving out that Ender Kenny got a call before Theresa May. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Iraq, Iran, yeah. Ireland. Uh, okay. So, yeah. How's your touch bars doing? So... Again, Baz, you have a habit of missing keynotes because it once again, me and Dave were on our own together. What was I doing again? You're working or something. You've gone very serious these days. You had a work night? Or you were traveling? Was I in London? No. Anyway, the point is... I went went to a wedding. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Um, so Dave, you and I watched the keynote yeah, and immediately after we were pretty bored. So, so this is two for two. I've missed two and you've been bored of both of them. Yeah. So I should just go to all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that'll work. Okay. Yeah. Unless I'm poor at the time and then if I can't afford something, don't go to these things. Makes perfect sense. So, like, straight after, we were both sort of like, meh, this is... Yeah, I, again, like, leaving out the actual hardware, they spent an inordinate amount of time talking about an app that will never, ever see the light of day this side of the Atlantic. Um, what was it? T- TV. That, like, uh, aggregates all of your TV programs oh, inside okay. of one app. So, like, I mean, Wow. <laughs> So like uh, Sickbeard. Maybe. <laughs> What's know. Sickbeard? Sickbeard is like, um, it finds the shows that you want and it will go off to Newsbin and then download them all for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the equivalent of a site that grabs your torrents and stuff for you. So yeah, so it, it started badly as the, often they do now. Like the keynotes have got so long and there's so much filler. Mm. Like, clearly, this was an event about the Mac. They even used... <laughs> Shield filler. <laughs> Shield filler. <laughs> this is an event about the Mac. They said hello again in the invite. Um, 25 years of the first laptop. The yeah. They had a really cool video, which I think you missed. I don't know if you've seen it since, where they had every iteration of Apple laptop fly into the screen. Um, and yeah, that was cool. And finish with the new one with the, with the touch bar. So, certainly the... So I think we were just underwhelmed and a bit bored. Um, the reaction online amongst sort of Mac fans and developers was, I would say, extreme disappointment. Yeah. I, I, I think more at what was the seeming uh, 
abandonment of the the pro segment mm. than than with this touch bar in general um you know i think it was just if the touch bar was there and the laptop had been fantastic it'd been what people wanted bonus but i think they're they're kind of everyone's disappointed that it's not again they're like it's not really a pro machine it doesn't have the you know everyone's like great now i'm a pro but i need a bag of dongles with me because i only have USB-C ports and you know i think that's that seems to be where most people's disappointment is stemming from not necessarily the, the touch bar in general so like on that just to define like what a what a pro is and what a pro machine should be so we are all i think pros in that we make money from our macs like our macs are the, the way we make our our living yep yep um, and we may not be representative of all professionals, but we are definitely, I think, representatives like some broad spectrum. Like Baz, you were talking about doing things like um, sort of graphic design mm-hmm. um, at work on your Mac. Dave, you, you do things like screencasts, which isn't maybe heavy video work, but it's video work. Yeah, but I'm I'm screencasting a virtual machine as well <laughs> on a MacBook Air. Well, yeah, so that's the other thing is that you use VMs because you're teaching C++. Um, I obviously do the audio stuff uh, with Logic on, um, on the Mac. Um, so... Yeah, we, we may not be a perfect representation of all pros, but we are pros. So one of the questions is, are the three... So Apple released, announced basically three new MacBook Pros, um, a 13-inch without a touch bar, a 13-inch with a touch bar, and a 15-inch. Uh, these are Apple's top-of-the-line MacBooks. Um, do you agree with the sentiment that they aren't truly professional machines? Is 16 gigs of RAM enough for anyone? This, this is the thing then as well. iPhone 3 gigs of RAM versus Android 6 gigs of RAM. iPhone can do more with 3 gigs of RAM, right? Because it is they're writing the software and they own the hardware together. Is it a case that they can do more with 16 gig of RAM or as much with 16 gig of RAM? Probably not as much as you could do with 32, but maybe 24. So I definitely agree that like this is one thing where it's pointless. and uh, There's an element of pointless number comparison because... Mm-hmm. I can't remember, it was a relatively recent version of OS ten, maybe Yosemite. Oh, where they compress RAM? Yeah. And that definitely like makes a huge difference. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's impossible to kind of run out of RAM. The other thing is, like, these new SSDs are so insanely complicated that before it was like RAM was super fast and disk was super slow. That diff the, you know the boundaries between those two things are getting much closer i'm not saying they're immediately equivalent but um if you think of an old 5500 rpm hard disk then if you're swapping out like that's clearly a huge performance penalty whereas if you're swapping out to a big ssd is using like four pci express lanes like that's different um so I don't know. I, I I definitely don't necessarily buy that argument. These aren't true pro machines because of their specs. But they don't have, I guess, a desktop pro machine anymore. The the trash can, the Mac Pro. 
It's still on sale, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's the three rolls. Yeah, hardware. You know, they, you you could argue then if they if they had the desktop one, you know, and that had thirty two gig of RAM, that would be a really good for people who are doing that type of work. You're not really yeah, doing like video rendering or anything. Yeah, where... and I mean sometimes you are doing video rendering on the go. You might be on location somewhere, um, as I often am, um, but it's maybe it would be, would have been nice to have. For some people. But then are, again, you know, have you seen the numbers already? They've outsold all other laptops within five days or something. Whatever that means, but it's selling like hotcakes. Because <clears throat> there's been so many people waiting for Probably Apple waiting to do for a MacBook Pro yeah. update. But I, I, I guess it might be a vocal minority. That, that vocal minority that really wanted it are the ones kind of going out. Again, usually that's kind of the way, isn't it? Um, it would be nice to have, I guess, for people that wanted it, I think. Yeah, I just like we'll talk about Ool later, but uh, Horace Daydu did a talk called "Bitching Ain't Switching," <laughs> and um, basically so it was it was just about how you know everyone Apple's doomed after releasing this, you know, um, and basically they're not, you know, and they haven't been. And he's kind of pointed at the time that every time Apple's been doomed, and just yeah. the upward curve and the market value and their specifically their their profit, you know. So and yeah. there is a certain segment of people who post a lot online who have wanted for the past i don't know 20 years for apple to release some sort of mac midi which is some sort of like mac that has replaceable graphics cards and you know everything is modular and you can break it open and apple clearly are not and have never been like the first Mac needed a special tool to open it like this is yeah mm-hmm. and especially when you look at the like the MacBook 12 inch and stuff like the crazy stuff they're doing to make that super thin you know using every ounce of space and therefore batteries and especially modal batteries and everything needs to be where it needs to be because if you're going to start making it modular well you need room then to pull things in and out or replace stuff if they can just cram it all on top of each other then yeah, they can just make everything smaller, which is, seems to be their goal. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to find this old uh, PC Plus magazine that I had years ago. Um, and it had, was it one of the G4 Towers? Mm-hmm. Um, or something like that. But the ad was, it was the uh, a shot of the Mac with the side open. And it was like, um, you know, extend RAM and change the hard disk without scraping a knuckle. And it was, you know, it was just the the inside of the Mac all clean and shiny, like, and that you could just, oh, you want RAM, just pop it in. You want something, just pop it in. Mm -hmm. And just how that was. They were lovely designs. They're this cheese grater, Mm -hmm. or was it the earlier kind of plasticky one? I think it was the plasticky one. Um, But they did have that lovely, like, design Mm -hmm. where. And I think, like, my, my, my real problem is I don't get why Apple won't bring back the the cheese grater or something bring back a tower like mm-hmm. setup just use reasonably stock components high-end stuff it's a mac it runs mac os and leave it off i mean i just just to shut everybody up it's just it's so easy like they don't have to we designed this mac to be really cheap and you can just do whatever the hell you want with it you know yeah. and <laughs> it's people no one cares you know, it's still going to be ridiculously expensive, but just give people what they want. It's easy. You don't have to, oh, we're waiting for the new line of Intel, whatever. Whatever the hell it is, just ship it. And that that's it. Like, it's just a box. Intel, ship a new processor. You put the new processor in the box. 
good day. Except, I mean, that's the one clear Steve Jobs legacy, isn't it? Like, Jobs with the original Macintosh, as I said, that needed a special key to open it. The next cube when he left and create next when he came back, like the whole concept of easy upgrade grading has always been anathema to Steve Jobs when he was alive. And that culture has seems to have persisted like because they're not they're never going to make an expandable kind of Mac. They're never going to make the Mac MIDI. Like, no, it's just not what they do. And I think at this stage, they're probably not like the thing as well is it makes a lot of sense to have something that is expandable because they're all essentially Intel x86 machines. Like they're not, Mm. they're not weird power PC contraptions anymore. Mm -hmm. But if they go to ARM, then you're, you know, if they do do this mythical move to ARM, um, that's, uh, that's going to be interesting. They're less legacy stuff to build support for in the os that's it like what if they're you know they move to arm then they're like you know they use pci or something like that in in the the bigger mac then and then they're like we don't have that anymore you know so i think to be honest it's it it seems to me like someone's waiting for a clearer picture Mm. of what's of something that's happening but uh i I don't know maybe they just need to clean the glasses (laughs) do you think people should go for the new MacBooks or I know a lot of people said, Oh, actually I'm just going to get the 50 old 15 inch. Um, what uh, do you guys think? So I'm on the, it's actually funny enough, Baz, you and I both had current model. Yes. MacBook pros until the uh, announcement, you had the 15 inch for work and I had the 13 inch. Yeah. Um, and the 13 inch, they're still selling. Um, so you can still buy it new oh, okay. today. Yeah. Um, I think part of the confusion, Dave, I, I think part of why we were so despondent after the keynote was about price. Yeah. When we saw the prices and the prices are very high. Um, <clears throat> and I think particularly they're high in that I do think these are three models of MacBook Pros. They're not two because... The non-touch bar 13-inch is essentially a MacBook Air successor. It uses the same. We talked the last episode about the the class of CPU that the MacBook Air uses. And this new MacBook Pro, the one without the touch bar, uses the same class Mm -hmm. of the class of CPU that needs a fan, but not a very big fan, I guess. Um, whereas the touch bar 13 inch and the 15 inch both use the kind of uh, roughly about 30 watt, um, the Intel processor that's rated about 30 watts. So I think if the, the lesser MacBook Pro was released at a price point that was a bit closer to a thousand, I think I would have been much less despondent yeah because it's 1749 euro like oh like that's obnoxious but that's what the air was the souped up air my my air cost more than that back in the day and obviously like take it with a pinch of salt obviously you can't compare gigahertz with gigahertz um after processor generations but like I have a Core i7, um, 
has a turbo boost, 8 gig of RAM and uh 512 gig Intel HD graphics and only one Thunderbolt port and no fancy USB-C. So, you know, on paper, that's not much of an upgrade. Obviously, using it and stuff, you you probably find it a lot faster, but it's Actually, not much though, of an upgrade for me. Geek, Geekbench-wise, um, so I was jokingly threatening to buy a refurbished version of the old Mac Pro that they just discontinued, the one with the DVD drive and the non-retina display. And I was texting you guys going, because actually, the so Apple's laptop lines for the past number of years, certainly um, going back to when you guys bought your MacBook Airs, they've offered a slower Core i5 version and a faster Core i7 version. And actually like the difference between the two is significant and the base model macbook pro compared to the core i7 there's not that much difference there's a huge difference compared to the core i5 but not so much compared to the the core i7 so yeah like if they i know apple want to keep their profit margins but if they had released this non-touch bar macbook pro at something a little bit closer to a thousand i certainly would have been a lot happier how much more extra is the one with the touch bar so the 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 prices will start with the 13 inches um so 1749 for the um the escape button um 2099 for the entry level touch bar Right, okay. And then uh, 2 For the 15-inch? No, for the 13-inch. But with the... Um, oh, with the, the i7 version. Actually... <laughs> I helpfully did, I did a oh, little... 512 gig of storage. Uh, I, like, okay. I can't see any difference between these. I helpfully did a spreadsheet of these and tweeted it and said, we're going to discuss this on the podcast, but of course I can't find it now. Yeah. Just quench your media. Uh-huh. So the 15 inches then, obviously, they, they, all, they all have the touch bar. So, ouch. 2,799. <laughs> Do you think the touch bar is any good? 3,299 for 512 gig of storage. Um, it's interesting the commentary after it. Like, all I, I, I had a sort of a two minute look at the documentation for, I think it's NS Touch Bar is the API. Yeah. But the, um, the consensus seems to be online that this is something that internally they obviously worked really hard at. Like the API is really good and they spent a lot of time and care doing this. So clearly internally, Apple thought this was an absolutely amazing thing. I think it's unproven. Um, For me, it sounds a bit gimmicky. Um, I'm Mm. not sure I want to be looking down at my keyboard. That's not how I work. What do you guys think? Well, again, I think like it, the the looking part is fine. You're probably not going to be looking at that much if you're interacting with it. You know, if it's something that you're you can just swipe along and you still keep your eyes on the screen. It, it again, it, it's so dependent on context that it's hard to make any judgment calls without having used one for a, a considerable amount of time and actually it, um, in 
kind of integrating it into your your actual workflow in some ways. I think it is interesting though because I think in one of the previous podcasts we talked about well um how we might see an ARM processor integrated into the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. here here we are. Now obviously look ARM is everywhere. It's probably in the 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 controllers for the disk drive and everything but you know something that's essentially user facing they've brought the the secure enclave and the arm chip and all onto this for the touch id so they're essentially bringing features directly from the the phone and the watch hardware over to the to the mac hardware wise which is something that i haven't seen them do before um now obviously they they it was much easier to just drop that chip in there than to re-engineer it for um x86 or whatever but it's it is interesting so the the arm chip doesn't run the code for the touch bar obviously but it's responsible for displaying the graphics kind of in the same way as the watch is you know the iphone is kind of responsible for displaying a lot of or at least the first gen one was um very interesting um approach to it yeah, and I guess which at least that's a justification for the price. Like that, in in essence, you've got like a full Apple Watch inside yeah. in your Mac. Just don't go swimming with it. <laughs> so yeah. I like. I don't know. My attitude towards these Macs has slightly softened over time. I am actually a little bit excited about these new ports. USB-C, mm-hmm. even though there are going to be dongles in our future. Um, Someone's going to come up with some elegant solutions to them, hopefully. Yeah, like I tweeted a photo. Um, I find myself using seven ports on my MacBook Pro at once, and I just like randomly noticed, and it's because I, sl- I put in an SSD card, and I tweeted going like, Okay, so I'm using seven ports at the moment. Mm-hmm. The maximum I can get is four if I replace my MacBook Pro, which I've known. So I'm just looking at the photos. So I was using MagSafe, mm-hmm. two external monitors. So that's my two Thunderbolt ports. USB was actually going to a hub, but it's only for my keyboard. Headphones. A So that's five a USB cable for my phone because I was te- testing an app, a six, and then the seventh was my SD card. Wow. So you're already w- within that world then at the moment. Yeah, so to go down to four. Uh, technically five if you're counting headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, But I think like, Yes, there is a lot of confusion about USB-C. Like, because they're sending Thunderbolt over USB-C, we're going to have this constant confusion in the future about... <clears throat> so um, I've seen that already then, a few of the dongles. It's like, the MacBook uses, was it USB 3.2? Oh, God, it's and then worse. Some of the dongles it's 3.1. Generation 1 and Generation 2. Like, it's insanely right. confusing. But then these dongles that are people advertising, they're not up to date, so... You're not getting the speed updates, probably. You're probably going to forfeit some so of the speed. A good example, and we'll probably talk about this later in terms of Apple exiting the display market. So Apple announced two displays made by LG, but mm-hmm. apparently Apple have cooperated at 4K 
and a 5K display. The smaller 4K display works with the MacBook. So they're both USB-C displays. The smaller one works with the MacBook, so it's not Thunderbolt. But the smaller display only gives you USB 2 ports on the back of the monitor, and there's no camera and stuff. The bigger display, the 5K display, is actually Thunderbolt over USB-C, so the ports look identical. Mm -hmm. The bigger display will only work with the newer computers. The uh, the smaller display will also work with the the older laptop. Um, And the bigger display does uh, 5K, it does USB 3, so it's a USB 3 port, and there's also a camera and speakers. I'm just going to wait till Monster bring out the gold-plated ones. <laughs> they'll, they'll sort it for me. With anti-static shielding on them. Yeah, that's it. That, that, that is the thing that I'm looking forward to, though, is the 5K screen. Eventually getting to that. I have a 2K screen, I guess, at the moment. Yeah. It's really, really nice. But just having, I guess, more real estate space, having more things on screen. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking just about the, the upgrade to the laptop. My MacBook Air doesn't have a retina screen. Yeah. Um and to be honest I didn't even like obviously I noticed it but I'm just kind of I kind of want one now. Um Well the joke before that we Apple were taking so long with the upgrades that our eyesight was failing <laughs> yeah. faster than I don't no- notice a huge amount of difference between my Retina screen Mac and my mm. Mac Air. But just in work having the cinema display just having more space on screen to have stuff side by side or you know have multiple windows open at the same time next to each other is nice but you have that in 5k Ooh. so interesting i guess the other interesting thing that happened after the announcement is that apple possibly as a response to the backlash or perceived backlash online sla- temporary slash prices of a load of accessories designed to plug into this new macbook pro including the monitors yeah, there was a huge. Um, is this a twenty five percent price yeah. cut in time, yeah. these new displays, which kind of turned them from being unaffordable to being, oh, maybe I could stretch for them. Well, one good thing I do have to say is my boss bought a. So we did get a MacBook Pro inside and work for a new employee, and the boss had bought a dongle. And then they had announced the price drop. And one good thing Apple did was, I know in a few places I read, oh, you can get a refund by emailing. They emailed straight away and just said, Sweet. you bought this. Uh, the price has actually gone down. So we're going to okay. refund uh, you the whatever the extra is or the, the difference is. So kind of hats off, at least for that. You know, people who had gone out probably and bought straight away, they were getting refunded as well. I've been told about it. So as you mentioned, you have actually sort of, um, this new MacBook Pro that you're getting to work. One. Yeah. So I've literally held it for about five seconds. Right. So any first impressions? Uh, I like the shape, I guess. I don't know. Just it looks nice. Um, I'm going to have a proper go with it. Probably I'll be setting it up. Um, So maybe tomorrow or next week I'll have a proper go with it. And probably in the next podcast, I'll give a better valuation immediately, you know, the buttons feel shallower. Just quickly tap down to feel shower. I didn't even turn the thing on. I haven't seen the screen on it. Um, so tell us the, the other thing, though, your first impression, like what really struck you. The, I guess the silver Apple logo on the back is, you know, something you see straight away. No more backlit. No more backlit. It's actually, I got a 
PS Pro as well, and that's something I noticed on that. It's the where they, where they placed the logo and the style of it. Um, so two bits of new hardware this week, and the logo caught my eye on them. Um, well, so the trackpad, right? Trackpad is huge. Yeah, that's actually that is the thing that caught me. How big that trackpad looks, and then I looked down at my trackpad and went, "It's pretty big, but it's yeah, it's nothing compared to it." And I guess it does have the speakers on the side now, like the. 15 inch you're, you don't have the speakers on the side no so yeah like the 15 inch one has the speakers on the mm-hmm. side but then again you know there are things that you your hands cover them the whole time when they're playing anyway so sound is always off in them i did see a really good video someone had done on it a good review on it, it seems like a really good machine uh speaker but just the speakers are one thing that got me he kind of showed off a lenovo um a lenovo computer uh laptop um a the original macbook 13 inch the one you have and the new one the speakers just sounded mm. incredible on it um i'd like to see the screen on it then as well just the brightness is something you're meant to really really notice instantly although i am a very dark screen kind of person for most if i'm not in work if it's you know i am a very dark screen kind of person but yeah so i'll have a good go with it so probably a better review or first impressions or second impressions i guess next week so dave I guess with the advantage of recording a bit later, so, you know, there have been reviews online and stuff. We talked before about how much do Apple really care about the Mac? On the basis of these three new Mac models that Apple have released, do you have any comfort? Uh, do, Do you think... The new models are evidence that, yes, Apple really does care about the Mac. Or do you see uh, they kind of updated it because it was a bit embarrassing, but this might be the last form factor update for the MacBook Pro, for example? I am somewhat comforted by the update, but I think that the, unfortunately, where Apple are going with it but while still being very serious about it is very different to where um some of the consumers are now if that's a case of apple skating to where the puck will be that's fine if it's a case of them missing it completely that's a a different story like if this is where things are going if like i i don't think it's unreasonable to assume that like I have my laptop here. Great. I have I have a, a USB microphone plugged in and I have a charging. That's about it. I'm here. I'm stationary. When I'm out and about, I have nothing on my, you know, I have I have zero, zero cables, let alone zero dongles. What a, a small little strip of a docking station immediately makes that completely irrelevant. Like, and I can picture one that's just the same length is the macbook you plug it in then it has everything and you can hide it out or you can hollow it in your desk or or something you know like similar to the monitors like i think people are starting to to realize that well for for me anyway i'm like i'm i'm not i don't do coffee shops with my laptop or anything like that i'm at my desk at work or i'm at home or i'm you know and if i'm at home i can go to the desk where all of the things are Or I can probably just surf in the web while watching TV or something, (laughs) you know. So for me, none of this is a big deal. Um, I've, I've, like, I've adopted my, my charging cycle 
to the fact that I only have one headphone port slash charging port. <laughs> and I, you know, after a week, it's fine. Um, you know, so now I charge it when I get home and then I can listen to podcasts in bed. And when I wake up in the morning, the battery hasn't run down too much. Um, so I think it's going to be something like that. You're like, like I'm never randomly somewhere that I have to plug in a load of stuff without thinking about it. Like, do you know, if I wanted that, I'd buy some big ass Lenovo with 74 ports, um, you know, that weighed eight pounds and, you know, needed two power chargers or something, you know, like I, I think people, people's initial reaction and mine was four USB-C ports or two USB-C ports. That'd never be enough. And then I was like, when's the last time I plugged something into my laptop? And I had a long, long enough think about it. And <laughs> to be honest, like I charge it. When we're recording podcasts. And I record a podcast. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, I'll have to adapt my, my, my microphone or my my interface for to USB C. I'll ha- I'll have the USB C charging uh, thing. That'll be it. And you know the the downside is if then I need a third thing. Um, but if I'm at a desk or something, that won't be won't be an issue. The uh, other thing to point out is that this is a standard connector. This is an open standard. They're just too ahead. A- again, they've adopted it and they've just said, that's it. That's all, folks. USB-C. In another year or two, we won't care. Exactly. And you know? the fact that there are other devices, even now, the Chromebook Pixel has USB-C. Yeah. The um, loads of the latest Android phones have USB-C. Like... So clearly this isn't going to be a kind of some like Thunderbolt where it was just Apple and it was theoretically a standard, but nobody else was yeah. really like it, like Firewire, I guess, where, you know, some Sony laptops implemented it, but it was really an Apple ecosystem standard. At the very minimum, we'll get USB-C. The Thunderbolt over USB-C with the, the, the kind of the same connector, that's a bit confusing, but like that's maybe better than the moment than what we have at the moment, which is essentially Thunderbolt with this display port connector that nothing else really supports. And it, it's essentially a Mac only thing. Yeah. Don't think I've ever used that port. The oh, Thunderbolt? No, I, I have a dongle to convert uh, it to like... Mm-hmm. VGA, which converts Ooh, it to yes. HDMI or something. It, it cost me 40 quid yeah. to connect my, or 60 uh, quid, I can't remember, to connect my laptop to a screen, basically. Crazy. And yeah. then earlier then I was able to, there's no DVI then anymore, is there? This is uh, no HDMI. Because that was really convenient earlier. I wanted to put my laptop on the TV and straight away, oh yeah, DVI. I think, I, as long as, or as, HDMI, long as there's third-party dongles and we're not reliant on 30 or 40 euro apple things for everything we'll, we'll be fine I ju- just you heard know? one here of people getting outraged that if you wanted to buy a second charger for your new macbook it comes with the brick and the plug and that's it there's no usb-c cable going from the brick to the laptop Oh yes, if you buy a second charger, you don't get the second yeah. cable. Yeah, <laughs> no, the and, but the chargers are the same price as the old MagSafe ones. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. uh, we will miss MagSafe, right? That was an awesome invention. Yeah. yeah. So there's already that. Oh, it's it's such a bad name. I can't even remember it. But there is a Kickstarter mm. at the moment for an equivalent MagSafe. Um, Having said that, 
like being a like a universal power brick design mm -hmm. and so USB-C does all this complicated sort of power delivery stuff so it can deliver up to 100 watts through this very complicated step up pattern but it's something certainly Apple have been traditionally good at is sort of handling different voltages and I'm fully sort of confident that basically you'll be able to go on holiday with one power brick and two cables so usb c cable and a lightning cable but that's an improvement yeah what if you put in two chargers at the same time it picks the highest one. Oh, yeah wow <laughs> so you can try you can try it but it'll make your mac go faster now <laughs> <laughs> your battery is now charged it is annoying i understand it for historical reasons because lightning came first i know usb c is slightly thicker but oh man if the new if the iphone went usb c wouldn't that make so much more sense like lightning feels like especially because there's nothing inherent about the connector it doesn't like we discussed before the iphone 7 came out we we're like oh will they alter the standard to deliver uh analog audio over the pins is that one of the ways to do it no there is fully digital and they they had the DAC in the dongle or in the earphones like if your iphone your ipad and your mac use the same power connector would not that not be so awesome and everything else in the world yeah yeah you're like, oh, you have a Nokia charger. Yeah, grand. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is it. And like, presumably it's going to con converge in USB-C pretty quick. Like, I think we'll probably get like, is USB-C it? Then will there be like USB-C mini, yeah. like USB-C nano? Like, this is the thing that I don't really like about this whole thing. Like, we're going to end up, is it, is it for now? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it, you know, I know that the, the connector can stay the same and they can do whatever they want over it, but... You know, I think I think ironically, it's going to be Android phones that are going to drive this. Yeah, um, there's so many of them, and then secondarily, Chromebooks and Macs yeah. seem to have gone that way. Um, I yeah, think just speaking of the Chromebooks, there's a Google employee. His name doesn't come to mind, and he's reviewed all of the oh, review, yeah, and all uh, the dodgy ones on Amazon, and everything. And I think that's going to be a big problem. Like now, I trust, I probably trust Apple more because like the the amount of stupid things i've done with electronics plugged into my mac um <laughs> and it's been fine like i've i've done things like where i've plugged um like i've had microcontrollers connected by usb but then i've also put them onto their battery and <laughs> the mac just dies like that Five. it's just i'm out of here and then when you open it back up everything is fine um <laughs> But uh, and days know. Mac lived happily ever after. Yeah, I was like pure panic. Like I, I uh, student fifty one ways to kill your. That's Mac. it. Like I mean, a student came up to me and he was like, uh, "Can I just uh, do the Arduino yoke on that?" Yeah, he'd sit at the battery connected, plugged in, just bang, Mac gone. And I was kind of like, "Yeah, can you give me like five minutes?" <laughs> but then literally, I just pulled, it, opened it, I closed the lid, opened it up again, and it was, it was fine. It, it was a clean boot, but like it was just out of here. And Apple have been historically good at things like designing power bricks and the comparisons between the counterfeit ones mm -hmm. and the... Um, and suing people selling counterfeit ones on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. 
that was scary as well. Amazon themselves were selling dodgy. So I think, back to your point about the USB-C thing, like as you were saying, Baz, like it was a really, I think, quite significant moment in Amazon's history where they've got sleazier and sleazier in terms of these marketplace sellers. Yeah. And this guy from Google was like, wait a sec, some of these will literally fry your gear. Yeah. And, and if you leave them in your bed, your prop, your house is probably going to burn down, your bed's yeah, going to burn down, your dogs it, are going to die. It got, it, it got as far as, like, some of the Apple branded stuff. Like, it looked for all intents and purposes, you were buying a genuine Apple mm-hmm. thing on Amazon, but you're getting a Chinese counterfeit. It's amazing the technology, I guess, that goes into them in the insides mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, I guess, lesson is buy off an Apple site or buy off an Apple reseller. It's funny, like, I, yeah, like, I know people who bricked, um, who fried their MacBook logic boards by buying yeah. fake batteries, because they're expensive. Like, back when <clears> they had replaceable batteries, the batteries are about 80 quid a pop. That's it. And you could just buy them off eBay yeah, and everything. same for the chargers, right? Yeah. And, and the chargers hurt, especially because of the fraying, like, uh, Yeah, like, I remember uh, spending 130 quid, I guess, on a charger at one stage. Yeah. You said the frame. Frame's gotten better, right? I has it. Yeah, well, I guess this one hasn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's thrown on everywhere. Put some sugu around it before it goes. But um. Yeah, so I think USB-C is going to be awesome. It's going to take time. I know people are bitching about it, but no, it'll be fine. She said it's it's the headphone ones that get to me. Just thinking, I was thinking about it today. I just wished. The headphone port was USB-C. It makes so much sense. Just even for borrowing headphones off people and stuff like this. So you wish the iPhone iPhone had... Because then the headphones would be USB-C. So then you could plug them into your Mac. Yeah. And and, and eventually we'll be inundated with USB-C cables. Like I went under my TV there recently and just grabbed what I wasn't using. Yeah. Just stuff that was thrown in underneath there. All the USB cables that are in there. And I just have a mounted off them now that I can, okay, I don't need these. I can throw them out. problem with, like, Lightning is that it is narrower than USB-C. Yeah, so that's what, like, so what they said. So they're probably they were, never going to change. If they introduced USB-C Mini, as they mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Um. In, in some way, though, like, you know the way, like, saying processor... Um, yeah, they talk about like sort of twenty-one nanometer or whatever the the process size. What they define between the distance between the transistors on processors, like that got the growth of that was exponential because essentially it's on a chip. Whereas like connectors will also will always have a higher limit just because they have to deal with dust and moisture and so you may get like USB-C mini but we're not going to get to the stage where like every five years it's going to half in size because ultimately um you know like because it's a physical object and yeah Shannon's law and all that yeah um, Shannon's law, exactly. What's Shannon's law? Does this guy? <laughs> um. <laughs> Technical corner with Dave Sims. 
Shannon's Law. The amount of crap you can ram down a cable. <laughs> um, so, technically as well, wireless, you know, yay wireless, that might happen. You know, wireless power transfer for the Mac or for the thing like you just lay it down on the desk. I, th- I think next year's iPhone will have it. I strongly disagree. Let's put bets on it right now. Shut up, you're... D- no, I'll just say you're wrong. <laughs> I don't mind if I'm wrong. It's your problem. Is you hate being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> let's put no a way America it. will elect Trump. It's never going to happen. God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're putting a pint on it then. Uh, <sighs> Remember the stage. You're the adjudicator. It's not going to happen because... Ultimately, why do, why, 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 you can why? get some trickle charging over wireless, but like ultimately, the power transfer is too big. It's not going to happen. You need a wire. I just need something I can Wires. leave leave my my phone on, like a pad. And some induction thing. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Ikea sell induction tables. That's how you know where this is going. In, in Stop reading the future, though. Thomas. Huh? In, what did they induct? Lots of phones already phones. have it. Lots of Samsung phones already have it. Yeah, see what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think like wireless USB, even HDMI, like I've, I've just given up. I don't like I airplay everything, even if the computer is next to me or the monitor is next to me on the desk. A lot of the time, airplay, you know, um, perfect. I think that's just Stockholm syndrome, though. We're so used to things not working that you're just like kind of like, well, I'm not going to plug in a cable so it'll work first time. I'm going to do the airplay thing and wait five seconds. And I make sure I have Bluetooth turned off before I do it. <laughs> Actually, something interesting enough. I don't know if you've experienced it. Um, someone's phone popped up who's not in my house trying to connect to my Apple TV. And I scanned the network. They're not on the network. So obviously it's Bluetooth. But I don't see it on Bluetooth on my phone. So I'm like, where? How did they see it? Did you tap allow for the crack? No, it, it displayed the pin number on screen for them to put into pair. I have the, I have the password thing on. Hmm. Dave, that's no fun. I'm really interested. So it's obviously one of the neighbors. Like, So I really want to like, go over and be like, hey, what were you trying to airplay to my TV? <laughs> um you know and of course it was his his name's iphone like so i know ah you, you know, know if, you if, know if, his if, name if i do meet him i'll be like go door to door now. ah yes to oh, be interesting to be very if you saw a new airplay target you'd try it i would because i'd be worried it was on my network yeah. you know so last week i was stuck in limerick and you two were mixing with the rich and famous well famous anyway um at the UL conference in Killarney. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. My first time going, so I guess... It... And David, it's your second time, so second you went time, last yeah. year as well. Yep. Yeah, so it was on a bit later this year originally, or normally they have it on in April every year. So it was on because one of the organizers, his wife had a kid. Um, They postponed it, but... It's, spoilers it's on in april again <laughs> so it's on very very soon yeah. the next one so it's kind of impressive that this is like a big conference in in the kind of the i guess the an international conference yeah, yeah. an apple focused conference that is 
internationally significant. Yeah. There's people from all over the world. You guys are talking to people from the States, from Canada, from Germany, mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, so yeah, fair play to the guys. It, it, it really is a sort of, it's their fifth, this is their fifth year, I think. Fifth year going, yeah. yeah. Um, still going strong. As I said, we're organizing a new one. Um, I, I guess a good thing about it is it's it was on in the Europe Hotel down in Killarney, which is unreal. It's a beautiful setting, I guess, to have it in. It's a great draw, I guess, for a lot of international people as well as having a conference. It's summer. It's just so beautiful. It's kind of picturesque Ireland. That view, um, like a... That view. Well, I should probably put a, give you a photo to put up with the notes or something, one of the ones I've taken. Um, yeah, I think, like, you know, as well as me being jealous, our listeners should also feel the jealousy that I feel. The, the weather was perfect not. there as well, you know, for us, you know, yeah. just, these beautiful sunsets and sunrises. But um, it's on, I guess, that, that that's a great thing. It's on in the hotel and everyone is there. It's not as if you're going to a conference hall or, you know, you're, you're in one part of a city and you're going to another part of a city where like this can happen. Um, a lot of places you're, you're not traveling, you're, you're just kind of in or in the hotel or near the hotel, you know. Um, across the road from the hotel across yeah. the road from the hotel but you know what I mean it's 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 kind of you can be in there and you're never too far away from where you're staying and stuff so these things can go on then late into the night and stuff like that or they can start early in the morning um, and even I guess the good thing about Ool is if you want to pay for it you can have the night before the conference we can all travel down on a train from Dublin and they had a cool. Halloween they had a Halloween party yeah and then they have a night after so you haven't really even talked about the conference, but I guess this is the setting that it's in. This is what makes it kind of even unique for me. I've never been to something like this where it's it's intimate, you know, I guess. And uh, there's dinners and lunches. and there's, Yeah, there's dinners, fancy dinners. It's it's all it's a five-star hotel as well. So it's all high class people. You know, when people call you sir, and you know, you should not be called sir. People call yeah, you. Yeah. Look behind, you look behind <laughs> you and you're like, huh, which, oh, which, oh, who me. did that guy there <laughs> think he's talking to you? So for the benefit, not only for me, but for other people listening who didn't get to go, do you guys want to talk about like some of your personal highlights, like what, what you really enjoyed? Yeah, I think there was, there was a lot there. Yeah, um, so much. Uh, and it, it's kind of, even now, week after, it's hard to remember uh, everything. Um but I think the one, one, one of the main highlights, I think, is just like you're sitting down at the table and then there's people join that you don't know who they are. You get talking and you realize, oh, they're from Google in New York or they're from, you know, they're. Oh, yeah, we did meet a guy from Google in New York. They're, <laughs> they're, they're people who are iOS developers. They're people who are doing the same thing as you. There seemed to be a. Uh, to be honest, I think Ool probably isn't the right name for the conference anymore. Like there was very little to do with Apple, even though it was called Think Different. Mm -hmm. It is it 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 is kind of more about like an Apple slant on things, but it almost seems like it's more of a podcast conference than oh. than an Apple conference because like you Ool Radio as well, and you've you've Jason Snell, you've Mike Hurley, you've um, you know you David Smith doing the the keynote on the the first day, um, and they're all a lot of these people are known as podcasters, maybe more so than. So did either of you do the embarrassing things? So I did this um, just this week. I traveled up to Dublin for the X Cake uh, meetup. Um, and a podcast that I guess 
just give a bit of a shout out to uh, the Verbose podcast, um, which is three uh, Dublin-based iOS developers, mm-hmm. um, and two of them were at the meetup, uh, Carl Monahan and Liam Dunn. And so I came up to them, but I totally embarrassed myself because I listened to their podcast. So like in my head, I knew them really well. So <laughs> I was, I came up to them. I just sort of spoke to them as was speaking to somebody I'd known for a very long time. And I sort of stopped myself halfway through. I'm like, wait a sec, I've just met you for the first time. And mm-hmm. I'm like over, overly familiar. Did you guys have that same thing where like you kind of. <laughs> yeah, that happened to us constantly. <laughs> yeah. I did, uh, like I think the first time I was conscious of it was uh, last year with Marco. And it was just, he, he was just walking down the corridor and I was walking down the corridor I was like, oh, hey. And he was like, hey. And I was like, I don't actually know you. And I just, <laughs> that was it. Like, you know, and it was, it's, it, it's weird because, you know, you have to separate the hours and hours of listening to someone and debating things and you have in your opinion, you're like, Oh, I'd, I'd tell him X, Y, Z, <laughs> you know, this kind of, this kind of thing. And just to realize that it's, it's, it's a one way relationship. Like, um, but yeah, then after you, you become a bit conscious of it. And after that, you're kind of, you know, whatever. Um, so was there anybody sort of that you met? Like I, we'll get on to the presentations in a bit. But was there anybody interesting that you met? Cause there have, who was just attending like you guys that you, you sort of found interesting or. Yeah. I don't particularly, uh, you know, I don't think they're public figures, so I don't really want to, to talk Give about them, them but there was just loads of, so, loads of genuinely just, interesting. Normal when you people. sat down with people, yeah, you were just yeah. having conversations. Um, uh, like even <clears throat> we were talking to a couple of guys from, uh, Belfast and just sharing, they were the guys I probably shared most iOS uh, related incidents with. That was kind of interesting. But yeah, just sitting down and talking to people, having, I don't know, discussions about their work and their life and stuff like that mm. was kind of cool. And everyone kind of wanted to talk to each other. That's very friendly. Like you can just stroll up to someone and be like, and start talking to them. Like even, even if you don't know. Them. Yeah. <laughs> even if you think you know. I think I would have done better if I was more drunk, I guess, you know. <laughs> I always have um, Yeah. During the day, I wasn't drunk, so yeah, more nervous, I guess, then. I think, because this is important for us, because we live in a small regional town, um, you know, in Ireland. So where IS developers, we we do a podcast together, where, you know, we organize a meetup. IS developers? (laughs) IOS developers. (laughs) But um, it must have been really nice to be in a room where there are lots of other people who sort of understood what you did, right? And mm-hmm. and kind of, you weren't just somebody who did stuff with computers, like there were people who understood your world. Yeah. Um, I guess that's what we are anyway, you know, this is what this podcast is, this is why we do developer meetups and stuff like that. It is, it's always nice to meet more and more iOS developers and share stories. Um, so the keynote was given by David Smith, who... Mm-hmm. I think that was, I was really jealous that you guys got to hear him because I'm a, a huge fan of his stuff. I really like the, what he blogs about. So he's a very prolific iOS developer. He's lots of apps in the app store. Um, he's been developing ever since the iOS SDK launched and his current focus in a lot of sort of health and fitness apps. Did, did you have any, what were your takeaways from his sort of 
yeah, speech. I, I suppose to to sum up his speech, um, obviously with a lot less nuance and insight than than he gave in person. Um, the topic of the conference or the 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 theme that they wanted people to speak on was think different. So he talked about how thinking too much like Apple in the early days of making his apps or until recently perhaps uh, kind of constrained him, and that in his quest for making things perfect, he didn't want to put ads in his his apps because it wasn't what apple would do um but then unfortunately like the the kind of the harsh realities of the the app store kicked in and he said that he really does not like apps but his users don't mind and and that was it you know just to to think different about you know like you think apple are thinking different but it's it's more about just not you know i I suppose just just not being too rigid with what with what you yeah so that that prompted a discussion i guess between us right kind of said well if we decide you know that game that we were working on recently if you decide to put it out let's just put ads in it yeah you know you can now have an in-app purchase to remove them and people we know we can give them free i guess now we can give them free in-app purchases spoiler alert baz is working on the game don't we never talk about this no it's actually secret no we have talked about this no you haven't I don't know. I can't remember. I, I can't distinguish what happens <laughs> in a podcast and what happens Anyway, in we real can life. talk about it later anyway. Um, yeah. But it, it, was, it, was, it was just interesting because any app I've really worked on <clears throat> in the last few years has not to be making money. It's not to make money, I guess, that way. It's, it's someone's paid you to make an app hmm. or you made an app, I guess, one of the apps I worked on was a telephony app where people bought credit to make phone calls on it or send messages. Um so yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but I thought, yeah, why not? Like just throw it in there because his graphs were the money he used to make when the app store started, um, from <clears throat> paying for apps and how that went down, and then having ads in his apps and how that graph started going upwards. It probably didn't reach the heights of the money he was making towards the start of that app, you mm. know, Gold Rush, mm. but it's decent. Yeah, I think one of his slides was if you want to make money on the app store. Don't don't uh, yeah. something to that effect. It was kind of you know he 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 kind of laid it out to be a pretty a very tough environment to to compete in. Um, and he's someone who's who's fairly successful in a developer circle anyway. Do you yeah. know, um, obviously he's not Clash of Clans money successful, but it is his full time job. He gets up every day. He works on apps that he himself makes and he himself sells or top one percent that's it i think enough money to buy an apple tv would be pretty (laughs) fine yeah you know buy more apple products just enough the magic touch bar which i can plug into my existing macbook Uh, (laughs) i I think i uh saw stephen trouton smith and he just had a his his he had his keyboard on top of his ipad and his ipad is just poking out down the bottom so he has the trackpad down there (laughs) So yeah, someone will convert that, you know. Yeah, I think if they brought out the, the the magic touch pad, is that what it's called? The magic touch, magic keyboard, and the match magic trackpad, magic trackpad with the thing at the top, maybe I don't know. Or yeah, or just keyboard. yeah, the, the, the new keyboard. With the... It's separate, you know. Yeah. So I think, obviously, I didn't hear David Smith. The two lessons that that he brings to me as a developer is that the first one is to like use data, use specifically usage data, like make 
data-driven decisions uh, mm-hmm. and his advertising ones first one the second one and i think this is what separates a good developer from a great developer i think a really good developer makes an app that they themselves are happy with and that can often be amazing but i think a great developer makes apps that their users are happy with which i think is an extra sort of it's an extra step because in some ways it's easy to make something that you're happy with. Like it's hard in some ways because you, you may have very high standards, but in some ways you know what those standards are. But to make something that your users are happy with, and the example of some people sort of like, we all hate ads, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't hate ads. Some people tap on ads in apps. Like that, that for me seems completely ridiculous. Like only an insane person would do it, but people do it. And so that seems to be that sort of second order of greatness where you're thinking about like what your users want, not what you want. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Just two things briefly I talk about. Um, Oh, did I got to go on? Sorry, Sally Shepard's um, talk that we went to. Uh, it was the, uh, sorry, uh, augmenting the senses, building empathy for accessibility. This is one where you strapped phones for head, VR goggles and stuff. So it was learning to use your phone if you had glaucoma or uh, cataracts or all these uh, different eye defects and how access the accessibility features in the phone are. They're, they're really, really good. Uh, that was just an interesting one. And the other one I want to talk about quickly uh, was the escape the room that we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Victory for Limerick, apparently. Yeah, because we oh, were yeah. one of the only two teams that got out. In fairness, we had gone in and we did quite well. Um, but, you know, the time limit being the time limit, we didn't escape. So we just ended up, it was kind of a bit of crack. We were all hanging around outside the window kind of going, oh, there's another time we can go back in. And we had kind of formed a bit of a super group of uh, you know, we had pitched or you kind of gotten all our ideas together. Uh, there was information <laughs> there that I'd missed out. And, you know, there's information over there that we'd missed out or we could contribute information that other people missed out. And we combined it. And I think we we competed in five minutes, was it? The second time, yeah. The second time. Sorry. <laughs> that was really good fun. Interesting was- fact from the Ul podcast, because I listened back, the guy who created the yeah. Escape the Room, so this is a, a game where basically you're locked inside a room and there are some physical puzzles that you have to solve to escape it. Um, Clifford, I think his name Chadwick. is... Chadwick. sorry. Um, he's never actually played an Escape the Room game himself. No way. He just got in. He lives in England. Uh, he's shortly moving to Canada. Um, but it sounded really impressive. Like I, I guess the, that's what we wanted to do. We'd never played one, but... We had yeah. visions of making one at the time. Uh, so I guess that's my first one. It was very, very clever. Really well done. Yeah. Very so, funny. Um, so the, the I guess the storyline was that this is an Apple design studio. Yeah. So you get to go in and see their new products, but you got to get out of there. But the whole thing is that the keypad is in beta, so it doesn't work. You can't get out of it. The... Uh, d- manual override removal kind of uh, latch. There's a lever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 
too it's sticky it's too sticky you know you need he, he goes he's like I, I tried pulling on it but i can't he goes but bob mansfield can, <laughs> bob mansfield can. um so, so it's like to me there was a, nar- a really good narrative behind it that there was, was a story yeah. that like made sense it was very clever it was yeah. very very clever um, and just uh, I, I suppose there was one subset of the the problem which i suppose ties into your your wanting for apple <laughs> apple keyboard <laughs> Um, they had an Apple ex- a 30? The, yeah, extended keyboard three, three or yeah. something, and it they had remapped the keys, so they'd physically moved the keys and remapped it. <laughs> so, what you saw is what you typed, but in a totally, as Bass said, a plurty, um <laughs> keyboard layout, and you had to type in the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, oh, wow. which made that you had to use every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> it was insanely difficult like <laughs> i gave the first i gave almost the first full session trying to get it unfortunately i, I kind of in halfway through went, ah someone else try and then when i went back i was i got so close i got within three characters of the of the end right. but only two people managed to actually do it do it in the whole of the wow. of all. and i don't know if any of them were on the winning teams which is um, yeah I think funny, so. funny so basically this funny is just enough. like all the keys were there all you had to do was type them out yeah but I I, I, the time limit was really small. I kind of twenty seconds. Twenty oh, okay, seconds. Well, yeah. I find it funny because the first time we were in there, I had the notion it's like we all need to get around this. We all need to take a word, and so we all like there was six of us at this keyboard. <laughs> but we we weren't the only people that thought of this. I've heard on other podcasts of people that were there, and from other people that were there, like this was everyone's idea was all of us take a word and stand on the keyboard and do it. But it's too. You know, we kind of got to the quick brown fox and everyone said, no one took jump. No one took jump or something. <laughs> yeah, or the, the person who took the didn't realize that they were in there twice and they'd wandered off. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was hilarious. Uh, Isn't it the, this like the best type of gaming though, where yeah. like it's revealing, like you gain some deeper insight yeah. about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was amazingly fun. Um, there was, uh, you know, and funny um, dongle-related problems. Yeah, I'll, I'll also give you. It's on my Twitter feed at Baz Taylor. If you look at my media, there's a massive, huge dongle. So it was the Apple TV Mini, and the connector to get it to plug into HDMI required about ten different <laughs> extensions. Um, yeah, there was literally a bag of dongles on the floor. Yeah, wow. like so. Did, I saw your tweet, and I was trying to count. Like there was DVI, so, and there so, was. Some of them were stuck together, but then I guess there was an Apple Watch and the wristband on the Apple Watch was like two or three of them connected together, which is quite funny. Oh, wow. um, so you had to combine like you had to like it was just by luck I stumbled across the wires. Like they were on this chair hidden under the desk and you had to find stuff in a su- in a suitcase and eventually there was a lock that took your face. It was face recognition lock, padlock. And you had to dress up like Steve Jobs to get into it. So <laughs> one of the puzzles led to you getting a pair of spectacles and then you could put on, I don't know if you needed the polo neck, but, uh, Jeremy, who we did it with, threw on the, the polo neck. He was, he was gung ho and it revealed then inside Nest the eye strength suit was the eye. Oh, I don't know. It was, it was a big muscle body foam <laughs> latex thing. That you had to put on, and then you were strong enough then to pull down the lever. So, yeah, we kind of did it in five minutes, and and we know we cheated. We didn't cheat. 
Um, there we, was we just did it twice. up in Dublin that there was accusations of cheating. So I think, like, I think, I think to uphold the honor, cheated though, because I think the other team that got it was Jason Snell and Mike Curley and them, and I heard someone talking about them cheating. Cheating. Yeah. I, th- I, 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 th- I think it must. It's, it's, so basically, this podcast contains the only clean winners of Escape the Room 2016. No. <laughs> I'm trying to engineer a fake controversy here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, it was funny. Like, all, all all the puzzles revealed numbers. And there was an iPod somewhere. And the email in the iPod told you you had to multiply all these numbers together. So the number I had was 4554. And all we were waiting on was for Dave to finish the keyboard thing. And then it would reveal so a number spot. of balloons, balloons. So you multiply 4554 by the number of balloons to open this keypad lock. And I went to the keypad lock and went, oh, there's only four numbers on it. So it's got to be 4554 or um, 9, Doublet, yeah. whatever it is, by, by 2. So it was 4554. So I guess when you finished the keyboard, you saw one balloon. So I'm imagining anyway, and we opened it up and we found Steve Jobs glasses in it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was fun. Uh, Dave, would you be inspired to give a talk on anything if you went back another year? I would, yeah. It depends. Like, I mean... Uh, some of the talks were a bit over my head this year. I think they were very kind of um, kind of abstract motivational, which I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of people seem to get a lot of stuff out of it. But uh, you you were traveling from Limerick in November from the rain, so maybe your abstract motivational was uh... yeah. Um, so I I I I think there's definitely the, the more concrete talks I I, I get a lot out of. Um, and I think I think that's just my my personality type or whatever. And I think if there was something that I could very concretely give a factual talk on or something um, like that, I would. But it, you know, it's not a technical conference. Um, yeah. I think I'd maybe start if I was. I'd do a lightning talk. They were they were definitely one of the highlights. They were hilarious. Um, absolutely hilarious. How long were they? Five minutes each? Yeah, five to ten, I think, uh, based on when they okay. actually worked. So let's uh, shout out <laughs> to the Migas guy. Um, that was unreal, and I want it for breakfast every day, but I haven't gotten around to making it yet. Um, also, uh, the developer of... Oh, what, what's the ad Mike? blocker? Which one? The ad blocker. Crystal, your man from Newcastle oh, yes. and Tyne. Yeah. yeah, so he gave a talk about the changing face of uh, online advertising. Mm. I have his app, I bought it. Yeah, and then I, I was like, oh, I use his app. And then I opened it and then it was Purify. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay, maybe not. <laughs> um, and there's, yeah, there's there's a lot of lightning talks, to be honest. Um, I think I couldn't, I went to look briefly for a list of them to jog my memory and I I couldn't find one. There, but, was, there was a American guy, was it Mike, who gave the one about uh learning and yeah. all his thing was just in comic sans it right. was a really gaudy looking yeah, presentation it but it was brilliant it was high energy yeah you know, it was funny yeah I, I think all all of them were 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 great everyone was a great speaker yes you know um there and everyone was really polished on every talk like it's really good and uh you horace horace's uh kind of afternoon 
This Keynote is Horace Day, dude. Yeah. yeah. So he's again just visualization. Like it's, I think his his strength is it's amazing how basically he just had a bunch of facts and figures that anyone can look up on. I'm going to say Yahoo Finance if that's still a thing, or <laughs> any, any of these things. But he had it nicely presented. I think that's his product to use as to to display it. Um, yeah. It and is. just weaves a story around it. So like you had this very entertaining look at essentially the the finances of the top five and how companies. they're like they're not competing with each other so, so he looked at apple Google, apple facebook amazon and microsoft yeah and Google. how none of them are competing with each other but it's apple i guess that are making all these changes you know that are actually it was that they're not competing with each other, but they're kind of competing with Apple. Yeah, so all, that's why Apple basically. gets attacked and all these other companies. Remind me attacked. the quote you mentioned earlier. Switching and pitching. Oh, yeah, switching ain't pitching. <laughs> and just how that, you know, the, the iPhone keeps getting sold, the Macs keep getting sold. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was, the, the graphs were crazy because just the amount of profit that Apple are making, and then when they look at the amount of profit that Amazon were making. It's like Amazon are. It's like they're every weekend they're going off to their parents asking them for a few bob, like you know, <laughs> just to keep them going. Um, I'm sure in the grand scheme, if you zoomed in compared to how much money I make and stuff, you know, it, it would look like Apple compared to Amazon. But you know, Amazon are just really hopefully wrecking the place. Amazon have uh, higher ambitions than being more profitable than Baz. They reinvest everything and I think that's that's true. That's yeah. that's kind of one of the things like they just keep buying new AWS servers. <laughs> that's your problem, Baz. You're spending all your money on drink and gadgets. I'm drinking a glass of water here. Yeah, yeah, you reinvest it in yourself. Huh? You're buying your PSVR and your PS Pro. Yeah, they're Christmas. To yeah. So I'm stopping spending. <laughs> I think um the the banquet Adul, the dinner on the second night mm. was really cool as well because you just have to kind of wander around and find a seat and people kind of wander up and they're like, hey, any the seat taken, like, and you end up, um, like we were sitting next to, um, someone who did a lightning talk. We we're sitting opposite a uh, oh, speaker and we were sitting next to someone who did the special feature. Sweet. You know, um, so I think that was great and it was brilliant to, to, to speak with all of them. Uh, first of all, you did an instant conversation because, oh, I, you know, your talk was great or your special feature mm-hmm. was great. And you can kind of, you know, get to. We get were to very lucky where we sat, actually, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, we did have three very interesting people who had given talks. And also, was it, is it Tara who, who'd worked on Game of Thrones costume designs and stuff like that? Yeah, she did the special feature for the, the decision making one. People like that, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, that was all. On this week, we're recording on Thursday evening. It's been a depressing week internationally with the US election. So now... (laughs) (laughs) So now more than ever, we need things to make us happy. Should I give you mine? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Mine's a bit of a nerdy one, but it's also a bit of a, <clears throat> I guess, a teaser for our next episode. Um, so we got a bit of feedback last week um, from a listener, Alan Gill, who wanted to talk to us about how to get into app development. And 
my thing that's making me happy this week is related to it and that um so we talked before in this podcast about swift the language that apple um released two years ago um and i have been um trying to sort of do all my projects in Swift over the past uh, two months. But um, I am giving a talk um, from when we record uh, on Saturday in two days' time, and I'm giving it in Objective-C. And actually, the thing that is making me happy is Objective-C. <laughs> because switching back from Swift, I'm, I, it was like, it's like sort of taking this amazing wonder drug where before I'm sort of like, I felt so constrained about what I could do. And I go back to this old thing and suddenly I, I'm like, I don't know what my fingers are doing, but it's sort of like lines and lines of code are being produced. Um, the other reason it's making me happy is I texted you guys um, that back in... 1989, 90, 91, uh, Tim Berners-Lee came up with the idea of the World Wide Web. Um, and he had a Next Cube in his office at the time, uh, which is uh, Next being the company that um, Steve Jobs founded after he left Apple. Um, and so basically the first version of the first World Wide web browser uh was written in objective c and sharing you guys sharing with you guys the um the source code is available online and we'll we'll post a link to it and i suppose it's just a reminder of what a powerful language it is um and i guess the power of the frameworks that 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 we have inherited so yeah this old thing that was invented before Java mm -hmm. is still making me happy even today. Very cool. I'll piggyback on that one. Um, and it's, so I haven't had the opportunity really to use Swift for anything, but I've, I've read the book. I've, I've bought video tutorials. I haven't watched them. <laughs> um, but it was a post I came across and it's, it was a build your own compiler uh, in Swift. And it's a tiny little playground that goes through the, the lexing, parsing and interpretation of a small little Lisp-like language in Swift. Um, so I just came across it on, on Hacker News. I can't remember any of the details of it at this point in time. Um, I did when I when I decided it was what was making me happy this week. Um, but you're a we'll popular link in the show notes. The title of our last episode was I'm Not Going to develop my own operating system and the joke was that actually in the episode you followed that with oh wait i might <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all coming back slippery slope dave yeah well first i have to write my own compiler you see it's <laughs> <laughs> all part of a master plan um this is a silly one i think it's making me happy so this is really really kind of odd because I think it's just, it's, it's kind of a CID, but there's, there's a music shop inside Nimerick and, um, Steamboat Music. Uh, oh, the one that's just opened. So, well, with they, the they've proper been records. Oh, you just ruined it then. <laughs> 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 well, 
I cut that out. Wait, I'll try, I'll <laughs> no, try again. No, no, try no, again. Keep going. Wait, Baz. But anyway, did, did what sh- are you talking? What is this strange thing Thomas. you're talking about? So they've been open anyway for years and years and years and years. It As a music equipment, music shop. equipment shop. So they were, they're down in Steamboat Key, and they've just moved to a new, bigger premise, which is really, really good. I think for them because it must be hard to open you know have a music shop going and stuff like that in the city and they've opened a new premise but they've also taken over an old video shop the thing is where the old extra vision used to be inside in town and yeah they've opened up so you could not buy physical media inside limerick music cds mm. or records in limerick city for past three years or something yeah and he's opened a shop where you can buy CDs again inside Limerick. Uh, and also vinyl. It, it's it's vinyl. like yeah, pretty much half vinyl inside yeah. there, it seems. And lots of, I guess, cups and stuff like that. But I mean, Christmas is coming up. You know, a shop like that might do well. You know, hopefully you can just keep it going. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know how much it's going to cost to keep going. Um but I'm glad then that the other music shop is going well. Uh, that kind of stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing as, you know, everything's kind of moving towards more and more online buying and stuff like that. And I know Amazon are now opening up bookshops and stuff, but you know, where people can still go in and buy musical instruments and stuff like that. Um, it's how bands are created. It's how, you know, young people spend their times, you know, it's creating bands and stuff like that, that, that the hit shop is going, but also that he, opened this physical media store as well. I think the fact that anyone's opening a shop will stop. Like, I think it's great to see yeah. um, Limerick making a bit of a comeback. Like, there is new shops. Um, and even if you go out to um, some of the shopping centres on the, the outskirts of town that would have essentially been, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the shopping centre and a bunch of empty um, empty little shops around them, they're starting to, to fill out again. Like, you right. know, so there's 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 growth so it's great to see someone actually taking the taking a risk um yeah. and opening a, a physical media That's it. Shop. his name is marcus is it uh he probably he's one of the guys there anyway he's yeah. fixed the instruments so yeah, i don't I know he, what he's i think he eventually bought the shop from the previous owner which cool. is cool you know uh yeah fair play to him so i'll be popping in anyway to pick up something awesome yeah okay 